Hello and welcome to Cannabis Nation, where we help guide you through the wonderful and complex world of cannabis by shedding light on your most burning questions and dangest desires. I'm Nick. I'm Susan. And this is episode, episode. seven. Woo! Staying in heaven. Episode right. seven. Episode seven, Cannabis Nerds. Yes, we are. <laughs> We're gonna nerd out on you a little bit. We're gonna Just talk about uh, cannabinoids and how they affect your body and the top major cannabinoids in the plant right. that we know of so far. Right. And the reason we decided to do this is um, because there seems to be a lot of questions like when I'm on the floor and I know when Nick's on the floor, there's a lot of information to go through for people. So we just kind of wanted to give it to you in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. The, the basics and, you know, trying to stick to, you know, the most scientific backed information. Yep. There's a lot of claims made. So yep. trying to give you the the truest and most uh, succinct just the facts. Just the facts. Stick to the facts. Stick to the facts. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, but before we do that, we're going to talk about what? A new cannabinoid <gasps> recently <gasps> discovered. Yeah. THCP. Italian scientists have discovered a new cannabinoid that is up to 30 times more potent than THC. Yeah, not American scientists. Not American scientists, yeah. no, Italians. Yeah, we let everybody else do the studies for us. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, they invented pizza. They, and the coffee is the best. Coffee's, yeah. <laughs> they got a lot going for them. Well, makes sense. All right. But is uh, the first naturally occurring cannabinoid found that has seven atoms in the alkyl side chain. Yeah, that's naturally occurring. Naturally occurring, yes. Yeah, yeah they have been able to make lab-derived uh, cannabinoids that have seven atoms in the alkyl chain, but this is the first one that's been isolated and produced naturally by the cannabis plant. Right. THC has five atoms in the alkyl chain, and uh, cannabinoids must have a minimum of three to bind to the receptors in your endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean? Why is it important? Basically, when you have all these receptors in your body that cannabinoids bind to, uh, this seven-atom chain, this longer chain, just has a higher affinity of binding to those receptors. Right. With THC, when you take it into your system, not 100% of the THC mo- molecules bind to receptors. Mm-hmm. Only as a certain uh, percentage of them do. So a much higher percentage of THCP will bind to those receptors. That's why it is so much more, quote-unquote, potent. Right. Um, but after eight in the chain, they start to lose their efficiency. So it's kind of in that uh Perfect little magic window. Magic window. And they yeah. did create eight in the labs as we were talking. This is the naturally occurring first yeah. one to be found that has seven. So they've obviously created more and they have discovered that after eight, it loses its efficiency. Now you might ask, receptors. is this a new thing in cannabis? Did this come out of nowhere? Right. Well, no. There's a, just because of the size of the molecule and how. Uh, what the low proportions that it is in cannabis, it takes a long time and it's pretty hard to isolate. So it's just taken some time to even find and isolate this cannabinoid. Overall, that's not saying that it is actually new. It's probably been in cannabis for a very, very long time. <laughs> but we just found it. Yeah, the monkeys in the zoo just found it. Yes, exactly. Now, <laughs> speaking of monkeys, cannabinoids interact with most animals' bodies through the endocannabinoid system, which is a set of receptors located throughout the body that function to promote and regulate health. Yeah. And now for a course in cannabinoids with Professor Potnik. Cannabinoids, dun 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 Cannabinoids, dun 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 Cannabinoids, dun 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 Professor Potnik, take it away. Okay, so there are at least 100. This is the main bulk of the episode here. We're going to be getting into the cannabinoids and what they do, what they are. But there are 150 cannabinoids identified in cannabis, at least. Yeah, we're finding more every day, as as uh, as THCP is evidence of. Right. Um, but the endocannabinoid system is, like Susan said, a series of receptors throughout the body that bind with cannabinoids and cannabinoid-like molecules. Mm-hmm. The most well-known receptors are called CB1 and CB2. Now, 
hold your hat. <laughs> giving you a lot of information right. here, so just tune in. Right. It's, it's still going to be fun. The CB1 receptor is expressed mainly in the central nervous system, meaning the brain. Right. Um, it's also in the lungs and the kidneys and liver and other parts of the body, but most of it's in the brain. In the brain. Yes. Uh, and that's uh, what is the one that is responsible for the high that we get from different strains. That's the one we like. It's the, the fun. CB1. CB1's <laughs> mighty fun. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, CB2 is a Another receptor that's actually expressed mainly in the immune system and blood cells, uh, yes. but it is also uh, in different parts of the brain and uh, different uh, bo- parts of the body as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, continued research has shown that there are other receptors that are less pre- uh, that less prevalent cannabinoids respond to throughout the body as well. So we have. The system is more than just CB1 and CB2. That's what's generally focused on in science right now. Mm -hmm. But there are a wide range of effects and and multiple different types of receptors. So how do we get all the different effects from cannabis if there's only one main receptor that gets you high? Great question, Susan. (laughs) Thank you. You're... It's I like, know. I'm working on TA here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I gave you a cue card. Something. Uh, uh, <laughs> so it's uh, widely attributed to uh, uh, the entourage effect, quote unquote. Um, the phrase entourage effect was introduced in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, the term was originally used to describe the effectiveness of cannabinoids produced naturally within your own body. Right. No, what? What? Yes. What? Yeah, so you produce cannabinoids naturally. That's where this system actually came from. It's not based on us smoking weed. <laughs> it didn't develop from us smoking weed. Yes, our our, uh, our body naturally produces cannabinoids wow. that work within this system and, and keep us healthy and, and right. running right. Um, but it suggests that multiple... Uh, that the effect of multiple cannabinoids working together is greater than the sum of the parts. Just like everything else. Exactly, exactly. So if you have multiple cannabinoids that your system is producing, right. you get one effect from one individually, you get another effect from uh, another one ingi- individually, but when working together, they have even greater effects than both of those. Yep. Um, which Just is, like a band. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can have a great you know, guitarist yep. or a great drummer, but... Yep. There's only so much solo work you're going to listen to. Exactly. But you put them together and they make a great band, like my favorite right now, Royal Blood. Yeah. Two guys. Oh, just two guys. Two guys. Uh, Anyway, we digress. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, this this, uh, uh, phrase uh, has been adapted to uh, talking about the cannabinoids that we receive when uh, ingesting the cannabis plant, Mm -hmm. uh, seeing as they uh, interact together within the system and have great effects when working together. So depending on which concentration of different chemicals and cannabinoids that we get from the plant, they're going to have a myriad of different effects working in our system together versus alone. Mm -hmm. That's why we have different highs. It's not specifically, you know, THC does one thing by itself. Right. But when you introduce CBD, when you introduce CBN, CBG, terpenes, I mean, the the vast array of chemicals uh, that the plant produces naturally changes the way that THC affects you. So if you could look at it this way, like THC is the car and the CBD and the CBG, they're like the wheels and the drive shaft and right. Cannabis is the car. Cannabis is the car. Excuse me. And the cannabinoids are all the different components that make the car. Yes. Yes. THC is the engine, I would say. Right. Okay. Um, Whereas, you know, the terpenes are the steering wheel, you know, uh, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic, basic breakdown to to kind of visualize it. Um, but the uh, so we're going to discuss the top prevalent cannabinoids, right? So the, we're going to start with the most popular THC. THC uh, is the principal psychoactive constituent of cannabis, meaning it's the one that gets, gets you high. high. Uh, <laughs> THC is a CB1 agonist. Yeah. That means that it binds to that CB1 receptor and activates it uh, in your endocannabinoid system, which is primarily located in the brain. Right. Probably the most well-known uh, cannabinoid out there. Right. Um, as it is, you know, largely 
responsible for the high, and and that's what, how people re- recognize it. Right now, lots of interest across the age demographic for this next one, which is CBD. Yeah, CBD is getting huge. huge. I mean, you're starting to see it. It's it's created its own market around oh, yeah. CBD that you can buy water that's infused. You can go into grocery stores and find uh, uh, lotions and oh. different all sorts of different CBD products all Absolutely. over the place. Um, but the interesting thing about CBD is it's not specifically a CB1 or CB2 agonist, meaning it doesn't necessarily react directly with either of those uh, receptors. Um, instead, it regulates the production of endocannabinoids, or like we were saying earlier, the cannabinoids that your you body produces produce. on its own. Right. Uh, and it helps the endocannabinoid system to run smoothly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting one cause we, uh, it doesn't necessarily work the same way as all the other cannabis. It's like a hall room monitor. Really. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure you're getting to class on time. Yeah. Make sure if you're in the bathroom or, you know, in, your, in the hall, you have a bathroom pass. Right. You know, you got a note from your teacher. Right. Just make not, it there, making sure everything's running smoothly and yeah. efficiently. You don't belong in CB1. You got to go to CB2. That's yep. down the hall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we don't have enough kids in CB2. We got to move, move some, some more, more over, over there. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so through its mechanism, CBD has an indirect influence on both cannabinoid receptors. Um, it is also well known for its anti-inflammatory and anti-spasmodic effects, um, which are definitely prevalent throughout. We've seen uh, some just amazing work for, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, seizure patients yes. um, uh, with CBD, some really cool stuff. Yeah. Now, the next one, what is CBN? Uh, So CBN is another cannabinoid. It's increasing in popularity every day. You're going to start seeing it more and more. If you're in a legal state where they do the breakdown of the different cannabinoids and test results, the companies that are doing the broad spectrum tests, you're going to see this cannabinoid popping up more and more. Um, But it's created when THC oxidizes, meaning the THC starts to break down from Mm -hmm. either heat or age or a a light variety of different things. And it's mildly psychoactive. Gotcha. Um, It is well known to be used effectively as a sleep aid or sedative as it Mm -hmm. has a more relaxing uh, type of high. Mm -hmm. Uh, This cannabinoid has also been shown to help regulate the immune system and works to relieve pain and inflammation caused by several conditions including arthritis and Crohn's disease. Oh, this is going to be a new popular one for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as, as we're going through this, you know, um, uh, we're going to see a lot of crossover with different cannabinoids and what they do. A lot of them have similar effects with slight differences, and that's just another testament to the, to the entourage effect that right. these things work together more than they do alone. Right. Um, but it can also be used to reduce the intraocular eye pressure caused by glaucoma. Ooh. Yeah. So really good for glaucoma patients. Yeah. It also acts as an anticonvulsant, like much like CBD. Um, so it is beneficial to patients suffering from seizure disorders as well. Yeah, and epilepsy and things like that. Yeah. Now, um, tell us about CBC, Nick. CBC is a non-psychoactive cannabinoid, uh, more similar to CBD in that respect. Uh, and it binds with receptors in your body linked to your sense of touch. Ooh, yeah. it's like the ecstasy of the cannabinoid. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> would not go that far. But yeah, you're going to uh, experience increased sensory effects with a high CBD uh, strain or more CBD in your system. Or CBC, excuse me, in mm-hmm. your system. Um, but when CBC activates these receptors, increased levels of the body's natural endocannabinoids are released as well. So kind of a similar thing to CBD in mm-hmm. that, that it, it helps regulate the system naturally. Excellent. Um, Research has found CBC to be the second most potent cannabinoid at inhibiting the growth of new cancer cells, CBG being the most potent, which we are on to... To Super CBG! CBG is the new super cannabinoid right now. Everybody is talking about it. It's getting hugely popular because of its just wide range and strong uh, effects uh, medicinally. Yeah. Another non-psychoactive cannabinoid, so it doesn't interact with CB1, doesn't create a high. Um, uh, But it it does bind with the cannabinoid receptors in the brain uh, that can act as a buffer to the paranoia or anxiety of THC. Uh Ah, yes. Yeah. Not necessarily reducing the high, but if it's going towards that paranoia or anxiety state, it can actually help 
turn the high away from that. Okay. Um, so it also works to fight inflammation, pain, nausea, works to slow the growth of cancer cells. That's huge. Uh, and research has shown it significantly also reduces the eye pressure caused by glaucoma. Right. So another good, a lot of good effects there. Um, strains high in CBG will be beneficial treating conditions such as inflammatory bowel disease, yeah. Crohn's disease, and like we said earlier, cancer. So uh, that really might help good. with somebody's flaming asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, ice that ass. <laughs> Take a little CBG and pull that out. Yeah. All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is a THCV, which, oh, spoiler, maybe a psychoactive cannabinoid, maybe? <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, THCV is a really interesting one. I won't get too far into it right now, but it actually it, there's there's a, a pathway that these cannabinoids are created on. It starts with CBG, goes on and on. I'm going to get that into that a little bit further. But THCV comes from a completely different chain of creation mm-hmm. uh, in the plant. Um, it is a psychoactive cannabinoid, and it is known to produce a more motivated, alert, and energizing high. Uh-huh. Research shows it can also help to reduce uh, and even prevent anxiety and panic attacks, which is really interesting, especially with cannabis, where we generally relate those more active, more motivated strains to having a higher risk of having an anxiety-inducing. Yeah, Yeah, I have to be wary of my hazes. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, So really cool effect from that. Um, So the interesting part of it is it is a CB1 antagonist. Now, what's a CB1 antagonist? So like we were saying earlier, THC is a CB1 agonist, meaning Mm -hmm. that it binds to the receptors and creates a reaction to produce more chemicals throughout the brain. A CB1 antagonist is actually something that will bind with that receptor and sort of block uh, uh, those those chemicals in a way. Okay. so it is the only common ca- cannabinoid with major potential to subvert the effects of THC. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so really cool, you know, T- THC versus THCV. Right. Uh, we're, we, there are a couple strains out there that are known to be higher in THCV um, naturally, like Durban poison, some of the African sativas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are some strains that have been some very elusive strains that have been bred specifically for it. I think oh, there's one okay. called uh, okay. Doug's Varen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Doug, you're doing miracle work. Right I love on, that you're Doug. doing that. But yeah, I really hope to see more THCV uh, high strains or high in, you know, THCV predominant strains on the market right. soon because it's a very unique and interesting cannabinoid. Ooh, I can't wait to smoke yeah. some. I mean, it even it's even been attributed to, to having um, appetite suppressing effects, which is oh. like the opposite of what we expect from cannabis. You yes, know, yes. The munchies are real. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> so, so really interesting effects there. Yeah. Um, maybe, um, maybe a diet uh, a dietitian's favorite strain. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is the – Carboxyl group of cannabinoids. Yeah, carboxyl group cannabinoids. All cannabinoids produced in the cannabis plant start off as an acid, non-psychoactive version of the most well-known cannabinoids. They have to go through a process called decarboxylation involving heat, light, and or time. The precursor to THC is THCA, the precursor to CBD is CBDA, and so on and so on. Almost all of the cannabinoids in the plant, with the exception of THCV, start off as CBGA and go through an internal process while the plant is growing to become the other major cannabinoids. So CBGA is the progenitor of all cannabinoids. The acidic versions of these cannabinoids have their own unique effects in the endocannabinoid system, and we're going to discuss the top two. Professor Potnick, let's start with the THCA. Yeah, so uh, THCA is a non-psychoactive cannabinoid as well, an Mm -hmm. acidic cannabinoid uh, found in raw and live cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually known to react with a different receptor than CB1 and CB2. It interacts Ooh. with the 5-HT transmitter. Say um, what? Yeah. So yeah. the 5-HT is located primarily in the gut and is responsible for serotonin production and regulation. Wow. In um, the gut. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's And we're finding that more and more that that's where the majority of our serotonin production and regulation comes from is actually our gut. See? So yeah. you are what you eat, people. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Really? Um, so yeah, you're seeing, you know, it's great 
great for digestive health. It's great for uh, mood enhancing enhancing without a high. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of really cool stuff. Okay. So the next one, the second one we're going to do is CBDA. Yes. Uh, so this is a naturally occurring uh, uh, cannabinoid CBD acid, of course, just like THCA is T- the acid version of THC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a 5-HT agonist, uh, mm-hmm. just like THCA. In the gut. Um, yeah. So a lot of good effects there. It also inhibits an enzyme which is largely responsible for for, for inflammation. So once again, really good for inflammatory effects, uh, yeah. just like CBD, just right. like CBG, just like a lot of these other cannabinoids. Um, now, there's been a bunch of research going into, you know, uh, just, I mean, gut health in general and how it affects your whole body. These, it does. Yeah, and these, uh, these non- uh, decarboxylated mean you can't get it from smoking right because you're burning the plant uh, you can get it from eating but only if it's not used in a high heat uh-huh. edible okay. um, uh, so really interesting that these are really starting to make it onto the market um, uh, because they have such awesome effects that potential are, yeah and and in 99% of the cannabis cannabis products that have been available um, up until very recently they didn't they didn't really have a large uh, uh, presence because mm-hmm. everything was heated. We right. thought that we had to activate it to make to get uh-huh. the THC and the CBD, um, which you know uh, they do a lot of great stuff. But these non-activated cannabinoids are doing uh, equally Wonderful. as amazing things. Right. You know. So now you know during the research process of this, we wanted to talk about we we found some myths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We found some myths and some fun facts. But first, we're going to go through the myths about cannabinoids, and we're going to start with CBD. Yes. So uh, a major one: a lot of people say that CBD reverses the effects of THC. Nope. Which is not true. Nope. No. Uh, so the science behind why people are saying that is because CBD is a mild CB1 and CB2 antagonist. Right. Like I was saying earlier, meaning it blocks yeah. uh, those receptors instead of uh, attaching to them and ag- uh, you know a- agonizing them like right. THC. Um, however, it's non-competitive, meaning that in the presence of a strong agonist like THC, it will be blocked from binding to that receptor mm-hmm. and won't be very effective. Won't be able to do exactly. It. So on its own, it will slightly have that effect. But when th when there's a high amount of THC in your forget system, forget about it. Yeah, forget yeah. about it. THC has a much higher affinity to binding to those receptors than CBD does. Um, so it does have some natural anti-anxiety effects, and it does have some stuff where it helps regulate your cannabinoid system, but it's not going to calm down your high. No, not from not yeah. from the THC. So no. the next myth is that it has a sedating effect. Yeah, and it doesn't, once again. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, CBD <laughs> itself has no direct sedative effects. Uh-huh. Um, now, it does have, like we were talking about, a myriad of... Of, of medicinal effects. So if it's possible that if your lack of sleep is due to pain or inflammation or something along that, uh, those, those effects of CBD, then it'll get rid of those and then you can sleep, but it doesn't yeah, have any exactly. set of effects itself. Exactly. In yeah. fact, many people have noted feeling more energetic to an extent, uh, with the use of CBD. Huh. Um, once again, possibly just because it makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moments. It's like, oh, I can, my neck isn't killing me or... or exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, like chronic pain takes it out, out of you. It is hard to want yes, to do anything with chronic pain. That is for sure. Yeah. So when you find a little relief, you might be able to sleep or you might be able to want to do the dishes. Yeah. Now, one that we thought was great, we looked up the FDA just to see what they said about CBD, yeah. not expecting to find what we found. So the FDA pretty much has followed the reefer madness uh, <laughs> road yeah. to science, or if that's what you want to call it. And they have, it says it has adverse effects that could be like liver injury and male reproductive toxicity. It was crazy. Nick, tell them about the study. Well, Holy yeah, I what? mean, so... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> First, with the liver injury, I mean, there there were a lot of studies done, but these were people that were taking CBD for ailments that they had had previously. They had obviously taken, right. you know, uh, many other drugs other as well. Other things. <laughs> 
and that all affect your liver. I mean, yeah. acetaminophen, taking too much Advil can freaking, uh, too, taking too much any over-the-counter pain Anything. reliever can, can uh, affect your liver health. So Yes. Not to mention... When they were doing this test uh, for the liver injury, uh, they used rats, and yeah. they gave them at the lowest uh, dose. They gave them a wide range of doses uh, to to do the study, but at the lowest dose, they gave eight milligrams per kilogram of body weight wow. of CBD per dose. It's huge. So to put that, in, yeah, to put that in perspective, uh, my equivalent dose of that would be seven hundred and sixty milligrams <laughs> of CBD multiple times a day. Multiple times a day. Now. Even if th- that liver injury would come from that, there is no reason to be taking that much CBD every ever, single day. Ever, uh, You know, <laughs> over 1,400 milligrams, over 1,500 milligrams of CBD per day is just a lot. A lot. You know? And if you are feeling as though you need to take that, you probably got bigger problems than the slight amount of Thank liver you. damage it might do. Well, and also... Might or might not. What's the carrier on that, too? I mean, what's causing yeah. the liver damage here? Is You know, yeah. seriously. So, and, and if you take enough of anything, you're going to damage your liver. It has to process in yeah. any way. So. Yeah, and then the male reproductive toxicity was specifically... They, they just kind of threw that out there and yeah. didn't do a whole lot of breakdown. No, but what they no, found, no. what it was specifically related to was... Was mothers taking large doses of CBD while pregnant throughout the entirety of the pregnancy found that uh, some uh, portion of the males born uh, had smaller testicles. Yeah, but how do you how do you qualify that? Were they going to be born with smaller testicles without the CBD? How do you know that? There was it a control was it a controlled study? <laughs> I just, was I, it a survey? What the hell? Okay. I just feel bad for the guy whose job it was to just like measure, measure baby's testicles. testicles? <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, you don't want to know. Maybe we could start somewhere else. <laughs> I work with children. <laughs> that's, that's the third date kind of question for me. Oh my God. That's hilarious. So yeah, and and even the world horror. World horror. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the World Health Organization. <laughs> they were talking about small testicles. <laughs> the organization uh, in 2017 said to date, there's no evidence of recreational use of CBD or any public health-related problems associated with the use of pure CBD. Ah, uh, real scientists doing real science. Yeah, the world, uh, you know, despite the World Health Organization's uh, claims, the FDA sticks to its myriad of negative effects, <laughs> yeah. doesn't at once at all mention any positive effects. No. Oh, that was the weird thing, too. Yeah, all fear-mongering. Yeah, all total reefer madness, legislative-directed bullcrap, yeah, as far as I, I can tell. I can understand if they want, if they wanted to say, even though I still don't agree with it, but I, I, would, I wouldn't care as much if they wanted to say, oh, the jury's still out. Right. But the fact that they paint CBD as a dangerous oh, drug. Oh, so crazy. Yeah, is, yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so if you want a good laugh, go ahead and uh, look up the FDA's uh, research on the CBD, on, on, on CBD. CBD and other cannabinoids. Yeah. So another one we wanted to talk about is THC causes psychosis. Yes. So we got into this a little yes, bit in did. the last episode yes, uh, with some of the new legislation that mm-hmm. we were talking about. Right. But it, it, there is a correlation between cannabis use and psychosis. That right. does not mean there is a causation of THC no. causing psychosis. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Could yeah. you tell me that? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, once again, like we t- said last episode, there is uh, – it is well known that fifty over 50% of people that have mental health – issues will at some point develop a substance abuse issue yeah. in their lifetime. To reach for a cure for their problems. Exactly. Yeah. You you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, you're going to Wanna, take chemicals that affect yeah. your brain and hopefully fix that. Um, so the the fact that there that there is blame being put on THC for this not is... Not good science. It's not good science. Nope. I'm not saying that it is 100% untrue, That's but correct. I'm saying that from the evidence that we have there's it is... Not good science. You cannot say that. No, not, with, not definitively. Yeah. Now the other thing that we... Uh, we thought was funny was that potency has skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah. So says who? Yeah. Well, <laughs> says a lot of people. Says a lot of people. Um, the, yeah. Uh, you know, 
everybody thinks that, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you know, all the marijuana out there had pretty much almost zero, like very low levels, under 5% THC, mm. and that's at the high end. But that's not necessarily not true. That's the stuff my dad and his friends were smoking. Exactly. I'll tell you that. <laughs> exactly. From the time that cannabis gained popularity at all, there were people cultivating it yep. themselves and uh, breeding it and finding uh, the best strains they possibly right. could find. That's why hide times have lasted so long. Exactly. Exactly. All the tests that say that marijuana had pretty much no THC content back then was they were testing leaves. They were testing like hemp baby too. Yeah. And, and like, you know, uh, brick weed from Mexico. Mexico. That's that's basically all stems and and seeds seeds and and leaves as well. It was like the 4th of July smoking that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Not in a good way. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that it's, it's not entirely accurate. You know, we have been continually breeding specifically for THC effects for a long time right. now. So there has been an increase, but not nearly the increase no, that's and, represented. And like Nick was saying, there are people who are, you know, really caring about their marijuana, who are growing it in basements and who are really doing great Great stuff. And like I said, High Times has been around for a long time showcasing those things. Exactly. So, and not everybody was testing back then. If you weren't going for a competition, how did you know what it was? So there was not, I mean, we do a lot more testing now than they ever did back then. Totally. So, you know, what is... And what was there's some stuff out there that I wish that I could find now. I'll tell oh, you yeah. what. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't been able to see any expando come down the track. And everybody who knows what that is, it's when you took one hit and then it expanded in your lungs and then you let it out and you were pretty high. I'm telling you what. <laughs> anyway, so those are some of the myths. Now we're gonna talk about some fun facts. Yeah. Yes. So Nick, tell them about the first one that we found here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it kind of related to the production of, of cannabinoids with uh, with the plant. Uh, but many cannabinoid acids being, you know, THCA, CBDA, mm-hmm. all the acidic versions, um, have antibiotic or insecticidal properties. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So, cool. yeah, this is likely related uh, to the reason why cannabis produces these being uh, to defend itself from yeah. predators, bugs, um, all sorts of insects. You know, uh, there there's a reason it's sticky as yeah, well. like the stickiness we like with mm-hmm. the terpenes. Yep. Yeah, it was holding on to insects. Yeah, exa- so they essentially could- a fly trap. You yes. Know, or, or fly paper yeah. uh, for the insect world and it had the insecticidal properties. So a lot of defensive uh, mechanisms there. Yeah, you yeah. You know, it's... it's uh, it's been cultivated beyond its beyond its native habitat. Yeah. Seriously, because it gets us high and because it's so beneficial, those things that made it mother nature made to make it so it could survive insects insects and stuff, that stuff gets works for us and so that's why we've cultivated it beyond its natural habitat, which is another thing the fun thing that we found out is that other cannabinoids other plants produce cannabinoids as well. And strangely enough, we have saved a lot of those plants from um, in danger, from being extinct for that very reason. One of the ones that we found was echinacea. Yeah. Yeah, coneflower, the one that everybody takes to enhance their immune system, was almost wiped out of yeah. the Midwest and the prairies there because of farmland. And then somehow somebody found out that this stuff was good for you, and so it kind of brought it back. And so yeah. now that's why you can find it at grocery stores in moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and tea and all sorts of different Yeah, pills, yeah. all kinds of things. The next one, chocolate, yeah. cacao. Oh, my God. Cacao actually is where chocolate's from. And this is one of my four food groups. So we don't even have to talk about how this thing got cultivated. It makes us feel good. Add a little sugar to it. Yum, yum, yep. yum. Okay, and now the next one, <clears throat> the electric daisy. I yeah. love that, electric daisy. Yeah, toothache plant, buzz button, known for its medicinal properties and attracts fireflies when in bloom. Isn't that and just And who beautiful? doesn't want to put that in their garden, yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. So that that's another th- reason why that yeah, one Yeah, it's funny it. that it gave, got these different names that, you know, we, we didn't necessarily know before, but toothache plant, buzz yeah. buttons, they're known, are related to the cannabinoids that right. are in the plant and See? their effects. Yes, yes. Which is really cool. 
Now, the next one was Japanese liverwort. Now, check this out. They've been holding out on us, haven't they, Nick? Yeah. This one has a, a psychoactive property that's less potent than THC, but nonetheless. Yeah, no, the, the uh, scientists that isolated the cannabinoid in uh, Japanese liverwort and, and discovered what it was uh, start, decided to do it because he saw it being sold online and in smoke <laughs> shops as right. a, you know, um, like get around the P test weed, you oh. know, um, to to produce a high. So yeah, interesting, uh, interesting little uh, yeah, yeah. discovery there. Okay, now the next one, <clears throat> pardon me, is called the heliochrysum, heliochrysum italicum. Helichrysum italicum. It is often called the curry plant for its strong smell and used as an anti-inflammatory. Doesn't that sound like a hairy Italian coming out? <laughs> the helichrysum italicum. Oh, no! <laughs> Who let him out? Hey, come here. I want to make no. the joints work better. No. <laughs> so those are just a few that we found. Now, that was it was so cool that we found uh, there's a myriad of other ones but the next fun fact that we found tell them professor potnick uh, the mammals and birds can experience a lot of the benefits from using cannabinoids what, that people what? do. They have an endocannabinoid system as well? Yes, they do. Oh. Um, so Dr. Robert J. Silver did some studies in the 1970s that found that dogs have a very high density of THC receptors in their hindbrain. Like, excuse me? It's a walnut. It's, so how does I, it have a front nut? I know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a walnut. It's splitting hairs at that point, <laughs> okay. literally. Um and this makes THC especially a problem for dogs, though, because they react to it so much stronger. Uh-huh. Um, so you got to be really careful with. I mean, with your pets in general, you should be really careful about using THC with Absolutely. them. You know, you don't, they don't understand what's going on or what they're taking, so it can create a very stressful situation for them. Absolutely. But other pets don't react as severely as dogs do right. to THC. So right. especially with your dogs. Don't leave your brownies up on the counter. No. Don't. You will be going to the vet. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And you better hope it's not a Saturday night or Sunday. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> they're in for a rough time. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to do that to your pets. You want to do good medicine. Not yeah. And there are a lot of great cannabis medicines that you can use for your pets as well. Right. And like I have said in a previous episode, I have a friend who had a dog who was dying of cancer, and that dog knew where the RSO was and would sit by, when it was time for its medication, would sit by where that medication was and wait for her RSO. So it was really good medicine for that dog. Low THC, high CBD RSO. Which brings us to our review. Our review. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of RSO, or for those that don't know, RSO is Rick Simpson oil. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was kind of popularized by a uh, Canadian farmer named Rick Simpson who created this oil product that he uh, reportedly used to cure his own melanoma. Uh Um, Yes, uh, but essentially what it is is a a marijuana extract that is then heated and activated uh, to be more bioavailable, converting those THCAs and CBDAs into THCs and CBDs. Mm -hmm. Um, They generally do an alcohol extract and then heat it. Um, So that is the kind of colloquial term for uh, what it's called now is FECO, or Full Extract Cannabis Oil. Um, So that's what we're reviewing today uh, from a company called Fairwinds. Great company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we wanted to talk about the FECO in general and break down for you what that really is. Because as Nick was just saying, uh, the original RSO and most of the RSO products you're going to find out there have been heated. All activated cannabinoids. So you're not getting that THCA, CBDA, CBGA, all the different uh, acidic versions of the cannabinoids that have their own unique effect aside from uh, the activated versions. Right, that's correct. So one of the things that we really liked about the FECO product was that it wasn't heated. So they actually take the whole plant that's roots, stem, f- leaves, and flower, and they blend, juice it and blend it. And then they take out the water by dehydrating it so it actually looks like a brick. So you haven't heated it at this point. So you haven't lost any of those other cannabinoids that you lose when you heat the product. So what does that mean? <clears throat> You get all the terpenes. You get the all the poly. Oh, 
saturides. You get all the flavonoids and all the triterpenoids. And those different product, those different things react to your body in different ways. Yeah. So I, I mean, so they take that. They they um that that's what's unique about this product is Correct. that part a portion of it is kind of your more standard RSO. They do right. extract from from the plant uh, and activate the THC and CBD, so you have that in there. But then they also add in this uh, dehydrated mix of completely unactivated, um, like Susan was saying, terpenes, polysaccharides, flavonoids, all those other uh, things in there, as well as cannabinoids, um, into the mix mm-hmm. uh, that come from not just the buds, which, you know, generally, historically, we've viewed the buds as the most medicinal part of the plant. That's true. But, yeah, exactly. What we're learning is that the the stems, the root, the leaves, they all have their own uh, interesting combination of all these different types of chemicals that right. are all very beneficial. For example, apparently, the, uh, the leaves themselves are so full of nutrition that if you juice them or blend them up, um, that they're considered a, a serious, true superfood. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, they do all these different processes and then they combine it all together. So, um, you know, we talk about a full spectrum product. This is, is as full, as full spectrum absolutely. as you can get. Now you aren't going to pay for that. Okay. So yeah. it's not a cheap product, but again, this is real scientists and real chemists who have come up with these with these different methods of producing this product that makes sure that you get every part of the plant. Yeah. So, so yeah, bringing it back, I mean, the, uh, it's it's just the most um, the the most full spectrum, and uh, you know, it it induces the entourage effect to the highest extent. Yes. Um, you are not going to find a product, at least that I'm aware of, that has this wide range of different cannabis-based constituents. Now, um, you know, the the, the taste of it, too. A lot of RSOs are very tarry, you know, resiny kind of tasting. This actually almost tastes like a perfume kind of because of the terpene profile and because of all the other things that they've kept in there. Lots of high notes. So you don't really taste that, you know, that that resiny kind of flavor. You're going to be pleasantly surprised with this product. You're still going to want to take it uh, with a cracker or something like that and a lipid, so a fat like a peanut butter or cheese that'll help the process a little go a little it, faster. Yeah, it'll help. I mean, the the cool part about this one though too is that it does, uh, you know, have a significant amount of the lipids from the plant as well. So it's not as necessary as with a standard RSO oh, okay. that is extracted to be okay. mainly just THC and CBD. Right. Part of the reason also is that, you know, they, they are doing a more purified extract for the THC and the CBD that they're heating and activating. And the part that has more of the plant base, like the, you know, the the mix that was juiced or, or blended from the roots and stems, that part's not heated. So that's where that... Generally associated nasty kind of taste comes yeah. from yeah. with RSO. So you don't get nearly as much of that, um, which is awesome. And still, it's. I mean, I'm going to be honest, it doesn't taste good. No. I'm not going to say that. No. But it is. It is. it doesn't make you cringe. It's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to go down. Yeah. Not to mention, um, because it uses all these different, you know, a mix of water-soluble and fat-soluble chemicals, you know, THC and CBD are widely known to be fat-soluble. That's why you take the lipids. Ah. Um, but it also has these water-soluble chemicals in, with it that come from the leaves, the stem, Stems, the, roots, the roots, all yes. that. Um, so it, it doesn't stick to your mouth as much That's as a traditional. True. RSO. Yeah. Um, a traditional RSO oh, yeah. often will coat your that. mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good point, Nick. Coat your mouth. And then the last thing that I also want to note about what it's like to take it is that it does have, uh, because it has all these acidic uh, cannabinoids and it has all these terpenoids, um, you are going to notice a little bit of a tingle, maybe a slight burn in your throat yes. if you're taking it straight. Uh-huh. Um, that's not a bad thing. It's not doing any damage, uh-huh. um, but you will kind of notice that little bit of tingle, little okay. bit of burn in your throat as okay. it's going down as well. Now, how much were you guys selling this for? 
Um, fifty four bucks. Yeah. Um, That's I think about what I, we were doing too. I, yeah, I've seen it priced as high as sixty five. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of quite a range. Um, and it comes in three different types. Uh, it comes in a, a ten to one CBD to THC, meaning it has a lot of CBD and very little THC. Right. <clears throat> That's com- the percentage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not the percentage. No, it's the ten ratio. to one. Yeah, ratio. Excuse me. Um, ratio. Uh, it has a one to one ratio, meaning equal parts THC mm-hmm. and CBD, and then it also has a one to ten. CBD to THC, meaning high THC, low Lower CBD. CBD. Now, I have uh, taken this product for a long time. I use it basically as a supplement, um, and I use their one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Um, I take uh, one dose every day and every night. Um, now, the really cool part about this, once again, why it's better than a standard RSO product, is the applicator, the actual device that you use to use it. So awesome. Yeah, so normally with RSO, you're going to have a syringe that you have to squeeze a small amount of. Depending on the consistency, you might have to warm it up. It can be very difficult to work with. Um, This stuff is not that way. Um, So it comes in this really cool little um, uh, device, uh, like pen-like device, a little bit shorter, that you twist the bottom of and it clicks. Um, Every click is a perfectly dosed out 25 milligrams of the whole oil itself. So easy to use. Yeah, I'm not talking about 25 milligrams of THC, yeah. but 25 <laughs> milligrams of the entire product. product. So there are 40 essential clicks worth of oil right. in the entire uh, tube. So you can get really accurate doses. There's no guesswork. There's no accidentally s- squeezing a little too hard or right. uh, anything like that. You don't have to run it under hot water, at exactly. least in my experience. Maybe if you left it outside in Alaska. But, <laughs> um, but once again, one of the most easy to dose uh, yes. uh, products around in this kind of realm, in I this uh, FECO realm, full extract cannabis oils. Um, so I'm a huge fan of it. Um, like I said, I use it supplementally. So I, uh, you know, I have some, you know, anecdotal uh, uh, stuff. You know, when I I was taking it for a while, I ran out of it. Um, I didn't re-up right away because, you know, I, I was kind of just taking it to see what happened. Um, but I started to get a sore throat, a, you know, a week later or something like that. I could, it felt like a cold was coming on. Right. It felt like I was getting some, it, some was going around too. Um, I got another, I just happened to pick up another one. And as soon as I started taking it again, within two days, sore throat was gone. Huh. No cold ever came. Now I can't directly attribute it to that, but right. it was the only thing different in my regimen that could have right. uh, had an effect as far as I'm aware. Okay. Um, but overall it is just really, a wellness product. It's engaging the entirety of the uh, endocannabinoid right. system for positive effects. Right. Um, so I recommend it to be used like this, supplementally. Right. Yeah. Know, use it throughout, you know, use it daily um, in small amounts, not non-psychoactive amounts. Mm-hmm. I personally got, uh, I personally uh, use the one-to-one ratio because, I, you know, Equal parts CBD and THC, at least that's historically, that's where we say is the most therapeutic yes. combination. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I highly recommend this product. Um, it's it's by far the easiest to use, the most full spectrum of any RSO product that I've Absolutely. ever seen by a long shot. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Now, I did the 10 to 1, mm-hmm. and I had an educational sample from work. So... Um, I didn't get like, you know, the doses amount that you had. Yeah. And I would like to say that we, during the research too, you know, that during people researching this, not us doing this show, but people researching cannabinoids and different things that they have found that if you take CBD over a length of time, it actually starts to build up in your system and that's where you can find some good medicine right there. Um, so I really, en- I, I feel like I didn't have enough of it to have that experience. Yeah, you had, what, a quarter gram sample? Yeah. So about 10 doses. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely believe that, you know, that CBD is something that, like we were talking about, it works to regulate your cannabinoid yes. system. So one dose will have maybe some effect, but it's more about keeping in your system for an extended period yes. of time to help regulate that and your endocannabinoids. And system. so that being said, I think that I would enjoy the product more the one-to-one, but this 10-to-1 product is something that I would probably get for, like, Oh, the person that I would share this product with in my family, yeah. who's no longer with us, but I think it might have done her some really good, is my grandma. 
Yeah. Yeah, she had bad arthritis in her hands and her knees, and she died when she was 87. And she stopped wanting to get out of bed because of the pain. And I think that if she would have had this product and built over time, that might have helped her and maybe helped her stay more ambulatory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And had a better finish. I mean, she didn't have a horrible end, but I think that she could have had a little bit more life because the woman was certainly full of enough piss and vinegar, yeah. and I miss her. You know, I, <laughs> uh, I just remembered another effect, a, a weird one, uh, that I don't really have anything else to attribute to other than uh, the uh, the FECO uh, was that so I'm when I sleep I produce a lot of heat ah. I'm a very warm sleeper you're a heater I'm a heater ah. so you know I, unless it's a really cold day out and I got the window open generally I'm gonna sweat a little bit while okay. I sleep yeah yeah uh, which is uncomfortable but I'm used to it <laughs> After all this time. After all this time, <laughs> just kind of a thing. You know, I'm really warm. But when I was taking uh, and and when I do take this product regularly, I, I, my, it's like my body's a lot uh, more capable of regulating my temperature oh, while I'm sleeping. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, when I wasn't taking it, I'd sweat. When I was taking it, I wouldn't. Huh. So, I mean, I have nothing else to attribute it to. Right. But a really interesting effect is that, that is. Uh, you know. Regulating think, body temperature. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Once again, I think it's just something about uh, interacting with, uh, you know, the entirety of the endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And all these different effects, but uh, I, I something I never would have expected uh, from right. it. But yeah. but that was something that it did for me personally that I thought was really interesting. Okay, so what family member would you partake this with? I would I would recommend this for all my family members. Oh, uh, once again, it's a it's I think it's it should be used like a supplement. I think yeah. it should be taken daily. This is a family reunion. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, well, and I'm sending them home with a bunch of it because yeah. I think they should yeah. be taking it every day. Maybe you're not the only sweater in the family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, regardless, you know, it's just it's a, a product that just pr- promotes overall wellness. You right. know, it it's it's the I just I just can't say enough about how there you know, is nothing that is as full spectrum as this product. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with family reunion, too, because there's a lot of members of my family who would benefit from something yeah. like this. Good point. Nick. Yeah. Even yeah. if they don't have any specific ailments. I mean, like like I didn't have anything I was looking for to cure, uh, to cure with it, right. you know, um, or or to to alleviate. You know, I'm I'm I don't have whole bunch of pain i'm i'm relatively healthy overall but but it's just a wellness product i think it should be used like a vitamin just take it to keep your body working properly yes your endocannabinoid system system. is such an important part of your body that often gets ignored totally yeah yeah uh so i mean i i i say it healthy keep it strong yeah, and I know we generally do products that are, you know, produce a high or yeah. fun or have, you know, awesome flavor or, you know, are uh, good in the sack. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but this is one that, that is a completely uh, different type of product to anything that we've reviewed so far. Yeah. Um, it, this it, is science. It is, it is scientific. You know, yeah. they, they, they have put so much time and research into this. And that's one thing that I really love about Fairwinds is they only use – Parts and things that that have scientific uh, right. studies to back them up. That's right. They uh, they uh, have found that you know as soon as they found out that the the leaves, the stems, the roots have all these unique cannabinoids that can be beneficial, and other you know flavonoids, polysaccharides, triterpenoids, all these different things. They added that in right. when they found you know. You know, clinical research on terpenes have has been going on for a long mm-hmm. time, and you know, essential oils and that kind of stuff. Um, so they put a specific blend of terpenes that is known to be therapeutic That's on right. a, a broad spectrum That's of different right. things. So, uh, just all together, it's it's just such a uh, health, quality, yeah, quality and health conscious, you know, uh, product. Yeah, real science, and and again. You are going to get what you pay for. So don't be afraid to lay down a little extra coin for that quality product because, as my mother says, you do get what you pay for. So on that note, I think, should we sign off? 
I think it's ready. I think I we're think ready to go. High, highly recommended. Yes. If you're in Washington State, or I believe they produce a high CBD version uh, that you can get in multiple states. I, do, I think they have a CBD ah. company and a CBD line that's available uh, on, a, on a wider scale than just Washington State. State. But highly recommend you try this product just as an overall wellness supplement. And look at their other products, too, because they have a myriad of different things available that help with a myriad of different issues. So thanks, Fairwinds. Another great job. Way to knock it out of the park. Yeah, I'm in love with these guys. Yeah, and me too. So thanks for listening to Cannabis Nation. We hope this has helped shed light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. Come check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cannabis Nation Podcast. This is Susan. And this is Nick. Ending on a high note. Yeah. Okay, we're a little long on this.